Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Well, that didn't go how anybody was hoping it would. Welcome into the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He is Stephen Gagliano, Old Miss a loser. Humbled, if you will, in Tuscaloosa, 42-21 was the final, but at one point it was 35 to nothing. We'll talk about this game, of course, and everything surrounding this game. We'll blow past it. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of... We, I don't want to say tried to warn people, because I don't know if our audience is uh, some of the ones doing the reactions, but some of the reactions that I saw and read and have heard from this game are utterly mind-blowing. Um, so we'll discuss that, the game itself, what went wrong, and then some of the reactions to what happened in this game. I mean, I, I feel like I'm having to like carry the torch of reminding people that you are way ahead of schedule as a football program. Way ahead of schedule as a football program, regardless of how it went on Saturday in Tuscaloosa. But we'll get to all that. I have a feeling that most of you already know that, but there are some that are furious today, and I just simply don't get it. So we'll talk about all that right here on the podcast, but first I want to tell you that it is brought to you by absms.com. Advantage Business Systems is the name, an office technology solutions company that services the entire state of Mississippi. So if you are a business owner or uh, you're a decision maker at your business when it comes to office technology, They've got a solution for you. Everything from copiers and printers, mail machines, phone systems, cloud storage, data security. If it's office technology, ABS has got you covered. Visit the site, absms.com. And if you tell them we sent you, they'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. Also, LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. Let uh, Greg and the good people at LBs do the cooking for you this week because we... You know, we kind of blew past that last week. The weather is stunning, though, at least in Oxford. Uh, game day kickoff temperature, like 79 degrees, 78 degrees. It's going Very to be nice. beautiful. So uh, get, stop by and get one of their daily lunch specials. Or if you're going to do the grilling thing, got to do it early. Got to do it really early if you're going to do it pregame. But uh, do that at LB's just across from Kroger on University or Avenue in it, Oxford. Set it and forget it during the game. That oh, yeah, be, come back out yeah, after. That'd be the strategy. That's a great strategy, actually. If you just have one person there that doesn't feel like going to the game, because you know there's people that stay behind always, just like, hey, watch the crock pot. <laughs> You're in charge of the brisket or the yeah. ribs. Whatever takes a long time to cook, <laughs> just leave them there. All right, Ole Miss 42, or excuse me, Alabama 42, Ole Miss 21. Just overarching thought about this game. So we we talked about it last week, and you kept using the phrase, you know, ahead of schedule. That is true. And while I agree with you that Alabama isn't the the ultimate measuring stick, I think while you are ahead of schedule as a program, this showed that you have a long way to go before you're competing with the upper echelon of the SEC. That was the overarching takeaway. And then, you know, building off of that, the main problem and the most glaring one was both the offensive and defensive lines. They are, those are two groups that are not going to be competitive at the highest level in the SEC right now, especially the defensive line. Yeah. So, I 
I was surprised that it got to 35 to nothing at one point. That did surprise me. But if you told me, because I remember talking about it on Friday, I said I would love for them to win this game, obviously, for, for content reasons and otherwise. I didn't feel like Ole Miss had the roster yet to, to go into Tuscaloosa and win this game. And that was proven true. What I was surprised by is how bad, how overmatched Ole Miss's offensive line looked. There's a reason they're doing a 3-2-6 on defense, and there are so many people that want them to get out of it because Alabama had success against them. That's their best option right now. Because if you go to a four-man front, who are the four? Who are the four? And, <laughs> and, tell, and tell me how that's going to be effective. And... God forbid one of them gets hurt, then who are the four? I mean, Sam Williams hobbled off the field in the game. Now what are you going to do? So I, I still think that's the best course of action moving forward. It's just Alabama. It is the best collection of talent you have on your schedule, and 1A or 1B in terms of best collection of talent in the United States of America. Just because your defensive strategy did not stop them does not make it the best strategy for your personnel. The more defensive backs you have on the field is better for Ole Miss because that's where their best players are. And they don't have enough on the defensive line to justify going to four-man fronts unless they absolutely have to. And this game, to me, does not say that they absolutely have to. It's the best team on your schedule. It's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. It's okay that your 3-2-6 didn't work against them because it will much better anyway against lesser teams, which is the rest of your schedule. I'm shocked by how bad the offensive line looked. I, I'm shocked by it. I, I did not. I, I knew that they were going to be. If you gave me, hey, Ole Miss's offensive line versus Bama's defensive line, who's better? Well, obviously, Bama's defensive line any day of the week. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Nope. I did not think every time Matt Corral took a snap, he was going to be comp- under duress. Almost immediately, I did not think the run blocking was going to be as bad as it was. And it wasn't just that. It was missed assignments. A couple of the fourth down calls that everybody's furious about. We'll get to that in a second also, I'm sure. Um, The physical mismatch, I was shocked by. I did not think it was going to be that much of a discrepancy. Old Miss's offensive line, forgive my language, everybody, earmuffs if you have kids in the car. They got their ass kicked. That, that's what happens. So no amount of fourth down play calling, no amount of punting, which people think that giving Alabama the football makes you have a better chance of beating them. Anyway, no amount of punting, no, no amount of play calling or scheme would have changed that fact. You were not winning that game because your offensive line got absolutely owned by Alabama's defensive front. There is nothing Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby and Matt Corral can do to overcome the discrepancy that was Ole Miss's offensive line versus Alabama's defensive front on Saturday. That was a huge problem, and you're not winning a game when it looks like that. No shot. No, and again, the trenches is really where this game was won and lost. Obviously, Alabama has more speed and physicality everywhere else, too. But that represents kind of a microcosm of where the game was won and lost. And it all kind of ties together as far as the fourth downs go. They tried one each way. They tried one up the middle. They tried one on the outside, and then they tried to throw for another one. And all three times, the offensive line played a huge factor. They were a huge factor factor. in not not converting. The, The one specifically, as far as offensive line play goes, that comes to mind immediately, Corral had the ball. He had to sprint out to his left 
mm-hmm. because there was a guy in his face right then and, and there. Sanders was open, too. Wide open, crossing the field. But if, if Matt Corral had one half second to throw the ball, he would have been able to complete that pass on a fourth down. Yeah. So, yeah, and again, running up the middle against Alabama is never easy. But at that point, you need your offensive line, a group that returned four starters, added a, a player from the Pac-12 with a lot of experience. That line needs to get one half yard of push and allow for that first Yes, and, and any kind of protection whatsoever. I, that's where the game was lost. I, it, people were obsessed over the fourth down decisions, and I, I just I don't want to get there yet, but I, I do want to start that with if they punt the football there, it doesn't matter because they weren't going to get it back, and they clearly were not going to be able to score enough anyway. But just dominated up front, and that's a unit that should look better than that. They're not better than Alabama. They should not have been. You should not have expected them to be better than Alabama, but they sure should have been better than that. Yep. The offensive line shouldn't have been a main reason that you lost this game and were largely uncompetitive. Yeah, and it was like that from the jump. Uh, Rushing totals. uh, One gripe I have with personnel decisions and play calling, though, Um, some of you may not like it. I think every decision on fourth down was fine. I think they are all fine. We'll get to that in a second. Snoop Connor getting four carries in the game blows my mind. Me too. And again, I'll say this: we'll keep, we'll get to the fourth downs, but it does tie in again. Yes. The the one on the first drive. I know that you want to go fast. I know that tempo is this offense's bread and butter. If you are going to try to run right up the gut against Alabama's defense, Snoop Connor has to be in the game for that carry. It can't be Parrish at least. No. And Ely is arguably the best back on the team. He's fast, he's quick in space, all that. He's not a between-the-tackles runner, especially against Alabama. Snoop Connor is your most physical running back and has the best chance of not making a guy miss in the hole, but at least running over someone or falling forward, which is what you need there. Yeah. Uh, That was just, like you said, going fast so Alabama can't sub and... you take the good with the bad when it comes to that. But yep. that, the only complaint I have as far as scheme and personnel decisions is that one right there, is that I think Snoop Connor's completely underutilized. But uh, anyway, Matt Corral, 21 of 29 for 213, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, you might think I'm crazy. Um, I think Saturday proved to me that Matt Corral's ready, that, that he's ready to be what everybody thinks he is. I think Saturday proved it because – his team was getting smoked. He was getting smoked. He was under pressure at every snap, and he did not make a single mistake throw. He, he didn't do anything stupid, and last year's Matt Corral would have, I think. I saw growth in him not forcing the football where it didn't belong. He had no time. He could have been frustrated. Uh, the only time I saw emotion from him is when he wanted Kiffin to go for it on fourth down, like on their what on their own like twelve yard line <laughs> yeah. or something like that. That was the only time I saw frustration from him really during the game, and I may have missed it. I don't know, but what I thought about Matt Corral going into this game, I think confirmed what I was hoping I would see from him, which is facing adversity, facing pressure, not getting out of playing within yourself and trying to force your for he did it last year force the ball into windows that didn't belong making erratic plays that don't make sense he didn't do that was it his best game absolutely not but considering all of the circumstances i came away kind of impressed with him as crazy as that sounds because 
there's not going to be this talent gap again. But the growth from even last year, especially two years ago, to the guy that played in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, I think you could see it. I don't know. I'm still very high on him. I think if I'm an NFL team, he's the guy I want, especially after what I saw, because it was a miserable day. He was getting no protection whatsoever. Receivers were barely getting separation when he had time to throw, and yet he still had had a high completion percentage, didn't make any mistake throws, didn't turn the football over, with the exception of a sack fumble, where he had .5 seconds to get the ball out. I came away from the game affirming what I thought about him going into the game. Right, and I think I think the hope was that if you stay within the system and you don't get flustered, that leads to a kind of cut or death by a thousand paper cuts, whatever the saying is, yeah. type of comeback effort. It didn't do that, obviously, but I think there is a lot to be said there. You were losing the game. It was obvious down 21 nothing that you weren't coming back the way that Florida did, because Florida yep. was in that game physically. Ole Miss wasn't physically in that game. Uh, so I, I think you're right. To that end, I was very impressed with the way Corral managed the rest of the game. Yeah. And it, it never got, I guess, embarrassingly out of hand. Uh, and I think it would have if it was him last year just trying to chuck the ball downfield and hope to See, I think that's what happens. he would have done. Yep. Is he would just taken the step and just thrown the ball somewhere. And... I, I credit uh, Nestler and Gary Danielson on the call for this. It was, there was about four minutes left in the game, and Corral, he sidestepped two Alabama defenders, avoided a sack, and basically off his back foot slung it to Dontario Drummond, I think, for a first down. And they recognized that in a late-game situation, in a blowout, they said that's why he's going to be you know special, a high-level NFL draft pick. And I think... People still recognize that. Yeah. One game against Alabama with a deficient roster can't change that. Yeah, I just you know, I saw did, some people were like, oh, Corral sucks. I told you. I'm like, I, you didn't watch the same game I did. Because right. that kid, even in that game, showed you he does anything but suck. Yeah. Uh, that rhetoric just his, blows my mind. His Heisman moment, absolutely no. not. And, you know, it's week four. We could kill that talk before this game anyway. But, you know, all that stuff aside, he is still the best quarterback prospect to come out of Ole Miss since yeah. Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. And, and that, he still he fell from from first in Heisman odds to second, and there's right. still a drop-off <laughs> between him and number three. Like it, it, I have not seen any NFL draft analyst say anything other than he is a, he's there. That's who he is. Nothing about Saturday changed that at all. And he's got a, a big opportunity against Arkansas this weekend to kind of get back on – on the, the numbers track, I don't think this team's going to win enough for him to actually win the trophy, but he sure as hell can get invited to New York. And yep. you know how good that is for your program if that can happen? So he's still very much on track for that, and I still think that's a big deal, and nothing about what happened Saturday changed that to me. I don't think so. I, I don't think it could. I, I think if you if you are saying that, if you're on that bandwagon of him not playing his best game against Alabama means he sucks, then... I think you wanted to think that going yeah. in. Defensively, so th- there's a couple ways to look at it. Alabama scored relatively easily. Uh, their opening possession went down the field for a touchdown. The first possession of the second half did the same thing. But 
you know, maybe I'm just putting everything in spin zone and the eternal optimist, but I saw some things with the defense that showed that they are improved. Are they good enough at all to stop Alabama? Hell no, they're not. But I think there were things that we saw that shows that they are better as a unit, which is all anybody really asked for, is for them to just be better. Uh, not physical enough at the line of scrimmage. They missed tackles. That was especially frustrating. Kept um, overrunning a yes. lot of plays, and especially potential sack opportunities. Chance Campbell a couple of times, uh, you know, Bryce Young and Alabama are different than Iowa. You know, it's it's a, it's a different deal. But um, in position at times to make plays, couldn't make plays. There was a pathetic, absolutely pathetic defensive holding call on Otis Reese that gave Alabama a first down. Uh, he played well, by the way. I think uh, Reese had a, had a decent day. But you now know what your defense is. They are improved, but they lack, especially on the defensive line. And that's why they're doing the three. I, I keep seeing people get out of the three, two, six and play who? <laughs> There's a reason they're doing this, and yep. it's because they don't have the options that are good enough to to do four man fronts and load boxes like that. Their best chance at getting stops is with these looks, and, and Alabama's a team that can exploit that. They're not a very good unit, but they're a better unit. I think. I think that's what I saw on Saturday was a team that has a long way to go. On defense, especially in the front, well, I guess it's front five now. Yep. Um, but I still think that you can inarguably say that they are better than they were a year ago. I think that's fair. I, I think it's it is a problem when coming out of that game, what felt like the player that flashed the most was a walk on player that used to be a running back. That's not necessarily a good sign for your defense. Um, but the the three two six, I I was interested to see how it worked against Alabama, but it didn't really slow down either facet of the game. It didn't help in the passing game, which it should. And obviously, Brian Robinson was able to run I don't know four or five yards most of the time before anyone got yeah. close to him, which is alarming. So. Again, it is so hard not to use this game as a, as a measuring stick because we just sat down and watched it. But a long way to go before you compete with you know guys like Alabama. And that's why I think this Arkansas game this weekend is so big because yeah. maybe this is more the team that you're you're supposed to gauge this team and this defense by. Yeah, for sure, I agree with that because. Hey, we're going to get people that, that say it on the radio show today. Oh, I thought Ole Miss was supposed to be better on defense. Like <laughs> They didn't give up 68 like they did a year ago. True. Um, and they, they played with a lot of short fields, which, uh, which certainly hurt. But they're not seeing a team as talented as this one again for the rest of the season. Not even – not close. I mean, have you watched the rest of the SEC? Ole Miss doesn't have to play Georgia. They don't have to play Kentucky. I'm just looking at the schedule right now, especially offensively. Teams may may have a decent amount of talent defensively, obviously not as, as much talent as Alabama, but offensively when you go through it and look at Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, Auburn, you know, Bo Nix had a great game the other night. I think that was more of a Both of those teams are trash. Yeah. Texas A&M, I watched them on Saturday, and I know that if Zach Calzada is still at quarterback – Anyone can beat Texas A&M, even yeah. Vanderbilt. That's an exaggeration, but maybe Everybody not by but. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So really, there's no team on this schedule that, and Mississippi State, obviously, who does look much improved, but still not the talent level of Alabama. No, not even no, nobody's anywhere close. Uh, it's it's all downhill from here. So this weekend, now we're at measuring stick time. I called it free shot going in. Some other people did as well. Um, I am not going to try to sit here with you guys and say, now that the game is over, this team sucks. I'm not going to do that. It was a free shot to me. You you didn't have the roster that was ready. It, it was the thing I was concerned about on Friday. I wanted so bad <laughs> for, for it to go a certain way, but I remember saying, I just don't think they have the roster that can win a game like this, and, and that was true. They have a roster that can and should win a game this weekend. Here's your measuring stick now, upcoming uh, with Arkansas, not Alabama. This is a huge weekend. This is the bigger weekend, honestly, than last weekend. Yep this this four game stretch is massive, oh, man. And you know that's more of a big picture thing. But sorry, the, no, the, no the Arkansas game again from a measuring stick standpoint. You this saw it. it last year. This is the game. This is every single person that only watched a couple Ole Miss games last year that said, "Well, that Arkansas game," yep. especially for Matt Corral's draft stock. All that kind of stuff around this game. This is this is huge. It's huge, and it's I, this is the first time I think that we will really get to see almost an angry Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I don't think he's he's not going to show it in his you know in his personality or during a press conference necessarily. But I think behind closed doors, he's probably really angry how this Alabama game went, and I want to see how he coaches against Arkansas and how the team responds to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you hope as well. Arkansas, God bless Arkansas. <laughs> Georgia threw, Stetson Bennett, who started for Georgia because JT Daniels was hurt, threw 11 passes. For what, 70 yards, yeah. I think? And they, what was the final, 37, 38 nothing? 37 37 nothing. And their quarterback threw 11 passes. And they won 37 to nothing. Arkansas... Uh, they just got physically abused. And, and let's be honest, Ole Miss would get physically abused by Georgia, too. So, well, basically everybody they play. I mean, Georgia's got the best team that money, I mean, recruiting can get. <laughs> um, man, they've invested in that defense. And it's paid off for them. But, hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game, right? right? Yep. I mean, they're just doing what they're allowed to do, clearly. But uh, Arkansas comes in kind of licking their wounds as well. But you know they have this game looked at as a measuring stick as well. Sam Pittman and Lane Kiffin took over their programs at the same time. These are games where if you're going to have the season that fans want you to have, this is a game that you've got to win. And so it's huge this weekend, and we'll get to that coming up later. But now the point of contention that everybody's talking about, (laughs) fourth down decision-making. And I'll say this to start. Um, Watching that happen and watching some of the reaction, the – if you punted, it would have changed things. Or kick a field goal or punt, whatever. I remember, not too terribly long ago, when an Ole Miss team was physically overmatched, much like the Ole Miss team was in Tuscaloosa, but this time it was in Baton Rouge. Physically overmatched, and you're getting beat pretty bad. And on fourth and one, you lined up and kicked successfully, if I remember correctly. Either way, you kicked a field goal to make a three-score game a three-score game in Baton Rouge <laughs> on fourth down. If I were given the choice, I would rather a coach coach to win. 
if it means taking risks that could possibly make the spread of the game bigger, but he's trying to win, I'd rather that than watching somebody trot out his field goal unit to just get points on the board because in that moment you know that guy's not trying to win. That guy's trying to lose by less. Give me the trying to win and maybe in, in again, we'll look at the number the numbers say that Lane Kiffin made the right decisions, by the way. But even if you think those were not the right decisions, at least your coach is trying to win the damn game. At least he's trying to do something, something to equalize your opportunities in that game. Because you're not beating this Ole Miss team was not beating this Alabama team without maximizing their offensive opportunities. You are not beating this Alabama team on the road in Tuscaloosa with this Ole Miss team by giving them the football. I would rather my coach, if I were you, go for it. Because I don't give a shit, excuse my language, if if I lose by 28 or 35 or 17. If I'm losing, it doesn't matter. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to coach to win. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I'd rather have coach to win 100 times out of 100 than kick sad field goals to make the score look less bad. Give me the risks. Give me the coaching with balls. 100 times out of 100 over sad field goals and overmatched games. Steven, I'm sorry it took <laughs> no, so long for that. I like it. I wasn't going to interrupt that, that role you were on. I will say this. I agree with the first two. I do. The third one, I absolutely cannot get behind. I don't think there's really On their own 27, right? Yeah, uh, 31. 31. It ended up back at their own 27 because Jeremy James failed to even get a finger on the Alabama linebacker. 2020? Is that how you pronounce it? Henry 202. Okay. Yeah, he failed to even get a finger on him, and he wrapped Ely up for a loss of four. So... The first one, again, I agree. A field goal, 3 nothing. yes, it gets points on the board. It settles things down a little bit. You come off the first drive feeling pretty good. Hey, we got points, whatever. At some point in that game, you were going to have to score touchdowns. It's not like you were going to kick that field goal and win the game 10-7. That wasn't going to be the case. Yeah. The second one, I think you trust Matt Corral to make a throw there. You're at, what, the 47? I think your own 47. Fine with that one. Again, you need the offensive line to block for one more half second, and that's a, that's a conversion. Yeah. Down 14 nothing at your own 20, or at your own 31-yard line, that's, that's admitting defeat almost at that point to me. I, I hear you. You know, and I, I feel like a lot of people may disagree with me on that. And that shows zero confidence in your defense. And well, they, well, they, didn't, right, they didn't show a reason to, to earn that at that point. They played better in the second half. I think that was more of a factor that it was a blowout. But still, at 14 nothing, I think you can punt that ball and give your defense a chance to earn that confidence. I don't have to have confidence in the defense. I'm sitting here recording this yeah. podcast, and they don't care what I think. That... The players on that defense may look at that and say, well, our coach thinks we suck because he just went for it down 14 nothing already at our own 31-yard line and then put them in a, a bad position. It's 21 nothing. 
and from that point on, the game was completely over. Then you have the fumble on the next drive. I think Chase Rogers, again, failed to barely get a finger on someone, and Matt Corral fumbled there, 28 nothing. boom, blowout right. ensued. Um, so my point is that. I agree with you on the first two. The third one, I thought that that was a not a game-losing decision because they were going to lose anyway, but that was throwing your hands up in the air and saying, all right, this is it. And the game was over from there. Yeah. So see, and that's what that's why I defend it though, because the game was already over. It, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it didn't make a difference in the end. So at some point, you have to score, right? And you can't score when they have the ball. That so that that's but I I mean that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I I am not. Uh, talking to everyone that thinks ah maybe not that one. It's the the folks that are reckless, coached with his uh, heart, not his mind, that kind of stuff. Uh, Bud Elliott put these out there. The people at The Athletic do uh, the analytical data behind it. and uh, God help the people that can understand that stuff, really, like oh, to yeah. the point where they are the ones that put it out. We can understand the stuff that they interpret for people right. like us, but God, this stuff is complicated. So, yeah, they, they have taken data from, like, basically every football game. And, it, you know, it's not an exact science. Computers should make all the decisions for you. I understand that if you're someone that disagrees with this premise. However, um, analytics are something that is used in football at the highest level in the NFL. I, I said this on Sunday morning during the live stream. I said, go look up what you should do if you're down 14 points and score a touchdown. You should go for two. Sounds crazy, right? Why would you do that? Get it to a seven-point game and you're a touchdown down. No, because you have a basically a 50-50 shot in the NFL at getting a two-point conversion. I think college is about the same as well. You have a 50-50 shot at getting a two-point conversion. So if you're down 14 and you score a touchdown and you get that two-point conversion, guess what your next touchdown does? Tied. Wins the game. Oh, yeah, wins it with the extra point. Duh. And if you don't get it, the numbers say the next one you will generally because it. So look that up and read about it. It's fascinating. The NFL teams use that now, and it still blows announcers' minds. They don't, they don't understand why are you going for two when you're, you know, you could just kick an extra point to get down seven, because generally it's a coin flip on a two point conversion. So you take that risk because if you're gonna win the game or tie the game, you get two shots at it. Odds are you're gonna make at least one, and if you make one, your first one. The next touchdown, extra point wins the game. So the numbers say there, if you're down 14, go for two when you score a touchdown. That that's, is something... That's interesting. I, I, I wonder where the move back extra point plays into that. Because more, it, it has. It's yeah, added a lot to it. More extra points are being missed at this point now than ever before in the NFL. It's not automatic. Because of that. So that's interesting. And you don't see it much in college because mm-hmm. it, it is less automatic, although it should be at that level. It's not, though. If, if they move the extra point back in college, God, how many oh would be God. missed? College kickers are so awful. I mean, I, I would be surprised if some programs even kicked extra points at all at that point. Right. But Lane Kiffin wouldn't. He, yeah, he no would shot. be a guy that you would see a million two-point conversions yeah. throughout the course of a season. Um, but anyway, so so analytics are something that are, are being used at the NFL level uh, in terms of fourth down decisions and stuff like that and in college. Uh, a lot more than it used to be. 
And what they've determined is they have a chart. Think of it like blackjack. You know, the dealer shows this, you have this, here's the decision you should make. They have something similar with fourth down decisions. And the factors that go into it are make percentage. So fourth and three, you make these 57% of the time or whatever. And win probability, if you get the first down, and what happens if you don't get the first down? In each of those, Ole Miss made the right decision if they wanted to increase their win probability, but they also, by going for it, increased the point differential from a loss. So they increased their win probability, but also increased the score differential probability. Each decision gave Ole Miss better, a better chance to win the game as opposed to punting. All of them. Every single fourth down decision Lane Kiffin made gave his team by percentage, and yes, it's all numbers and math and all that stuff, but by percentage, each fourth down decision gave Ole Miss a better chance to win the game if they were to have punted or kicked a field goal. Yep. Every single one. I'm looking at, at the chart right now, and again, even the one that I disagree with, and I still disagree with it even looking at this, but it does say on your own one to your own 31, if it's between fourth and one and fourth and three, you go for it. And it was fourth and one. So that that it, negates it, it, the it, argument of he was coaching with emotion. He wasn't. He was still technically going by the chart. And if this were the first, that's the thing here. This is, and I agree with you. Like, if they would have punted out, have no issue with that either. Like, there's nothing wrong with, okay, I'm fine with it, but that one, uh, should you have? Like, that. that's perfectly reasonable. But some people were acting like that's not their brand. Right. They were, they were first in college football on <laughs> fourth down conversions last year. Yep. That's what they do. That's who they are. Saturday was no different. I guess people were watching them for the first time or something, or I, I don't know, but uh, I, that's why I don't like the hindsight thing. People love it when it works. Oh, my gosh, so gutsy. Wow. And then it doesn't work. What an idiot. No. This is what you get when you get Lane Kiffin. You're, he you're said gonna, it in his introductory press conference. Literally, he said, people are going to kill us when we go for it and don't make it on fourth down. I was sitting right there when he <laughs> said it. And, you know, he's right. Uh, people people are going to second-guess that kind of thing. But, again, it, it, it is data-driven. As bad as I am with data, I'm looking at it right now, and I can't understand it, um, even if I don't agree <laughs> with it. <laughs> it, it. But it shows you that there's there's reason behind it. Even if you disagree with it, this is who he is. This is what's going to be your program under Lane Kiffin. They are going to take risks in games in which they feel like they need to. I mean, this weekend, they may not. He, he may not go forward on fourth and one on his own 30. Because Arkansas can't score like Alabama. And you're going to be able to score on Arkansas more often than you could Alabama. So it, that, that will possibly change that decision making. But this is what you get. When you get Lane Kiffin, you get, for again, forgive the language, but you get coaching with balls. That's, that's what that is. Even if you think it's stupid, it's gutsy, yep. if nothing else. <laughs> and that's what you get. That, that's just that's what you're always going to get, and I would much rather that than what I saw in the three years prior. Yeah, and the, I think the example that you use is perfect, is down three touchdowns to LSU or it was more than three touchdowns at that point. You kick a field goal, and that was, was it. Four scores? Or, I thought it was three scores to make a three-score game. Or, uh, it was something 
Or I'll, was I'll it the Cal it. game where they kicked a field goal down three scores to make a three-score game and three-score game? Yeah, there might have been both. It, it definitely occurred in Baton Rouge, though, because and that was deep in LSU territory. I think they did kick a field goal. So that would have been the 2018 season, right? I'll see if I can find it real quick. But, yeah, it it is a very much roll-of-the-dice thing, and you're not always going to convert these situations. But you take the good with the bad. And I, I did appreciate how he said it after the game, too. He said most people in that situation would do the opposite. They They wouldn't take that risk. They wouldn't go for it because it's Alabama. He was going to coach his way, and it was kind of a sink or swim moment for that offense and for that game, and it just didn't go their way. Uh, again, I disagree with it, but Lane Kiffin stuck to his guns afterwards, and, and I, I respect that, and I think a lot of people should as well. Ole Miss was down in the second quarter, 28-3, to and they kicked a field goal on fourth and goal from the one. <laughs> 28-3, and they kicked a field from goal. From the one-yard line. I, from the one. I knew it was deep. It was a 17-yard field goal. 17-yard <laughs> field goal, 28-3 to was the score. Was that Luke Logan? It was Luke Logan. He made two field goals in that first half. He made three field goals that I was gonna day. Say, analytic, one of them from 40. That's an analytic beater right there. I was going to say, he. <laughs> there's not a great chance that he would have made all those, so you probably would have been better off going for it in that situation. You were down... I mean that that's that's what you used to be, and that's what some people wanted you to be on Saturday. They didn't. They they wanted you to lose by less instead of coaching to win. I heard that from people. Well, the, the I mean the score would have been so bad. Well, who cares? Why do you care if it's a twenty-eight or a seventeen-point game? Yeah, you still lose. What's the difference? I don't know. I don't know if that was an adequate explanation or not, but. <laughs> I will say this last thing, too. I, I don't know how much of the reaction you've seen. I've seen a lot of negative reactions, a lot of people kind of panicking about this. 14 games, right? So Ole Miss is 3-1, and one, right? So this yeah. is 14 games in Elaine Kiffin's tenure at Ole Miss. Losing in Tuscaloosa 42-21 to 21 and being ranked number 17 in America as a favorite at home to go to 4-1, and one, you would have taken that and thrown a damn parade around the Oxford Square if I'd have told you that was going to happen. Right. A couple of years ago, these games were 66-3, to 63-7, uh, to 7, I yeah. think, mm-hmm. were the, the losses to Alabama. And this is just, if you're down on this program right now, and some are, and I think it's a small number, but if you are currently down on your program, I'm sorry, you're foolish. And yeah. I don't mean to be that harsh, but you're foolish if you are not completely just full-on, all-in, high as hell on your football program because the direction it's headed is a fantastic one. And if you can't see that, my gosh, get some contacts or something. <laughs> and, you know, the the offense, yes, you score 48 against Alabama last year and less on Saturday. There's a reason that Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time and one of the smartest defensive minds that the sport has ever seen. Um Sometimes he's he's going to get you like that, and <laughs> he did on Saturday. So, yes, the offense didn't have the same showing that they did against Alabama last year. Uh, your defense held them to less than 68, which is a good thing. Less uh, than 700 yards, too. Yeah, that yeah too. so there's something. Uh, uh, the More of the reaction that I've seen, and, and it kind of coincides with my own, maybe I just seek out opinions that are like mine, I guess. I think... Like I said earlier, this next stretch of four games, 
I think is going to tell you where this Ole Miss program really does fall. These are four teams that technically they should beat. If they're the team that you know they look to be throughout the first three weeks of the season. They'll be favored in, in each of these games. Absolutely. And I don't think they come out of it 4-0. and I think they come out of it 3-1 and with the loss being to either LSU or Auburn. I'm not sure which one yet. Uh, we'll see when we get there. But I think this stretch will tell you much more about this team than the loss to Alabama on Saturday. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I don't think that you can use this game as a springboard for Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin is never going to be competitive. I don't yeah. think that's the case. Oh, and then people were making fun of the popcorn comment too. Uh, again, I, I I don't know about you guys. I, I'd rather that. Yeah, it's it's buzz. It's something. I'd rather and that. Look, people... People of opposing fan bases, whatever fan base it may be, or multiple, they'll use that in the years to come. But hey, when that other foot drops and Ole Miss beats whatever team that is, you can use it then too. That That's something that Lane Kiffin will not give a second thought to. No one in that locker room will give a second thought to. That is strictly a social media fan banter kind of thing that you know people yeah. will read too much into. But if nothing else, it shows you that you've got a head coach that also doesn't take himself too seriously in those moments. There are, there are coaches in those pregame interviews that, that try to hype everything up and be super serious about it. That's who Lane Kiffin is. He's going to joke yep. around sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't work out for him. And th- this is one of those times. But he even he joked about it on Twitter with, uh, with Alabama's mascot, yeah. which – Shout out to the Alabama props department yeah, having that ready. That? <laughs> that is that is impressive. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, he he joked about it on Twitter, and, and that's who he is. So you yeah. got it. This is what you get when you right. get Lane Kiffin, and it's a hell of a lot more interesting than the alternative. Huge game this weekend, massive game. This is not a free shot, buddy. This is a measuring stick, and uh, tickets still available. By the way, if you want to go. Arkansas, my gosh, their sections are not full. And I don't I mean think, it. I, I thought maybe after their game against Georgia, depending on how that went, it would fill up a little more. Not the case. No. I don't no, think a lot so, of people want to wake up and travel from Fayetteville or Little Rock or wherever they may be after watching that performance in Athens. Which is fair. And I have a feeling a lot of them made that trip too, since mm-hmm. you, once every 12 years you get to go to a. SEC East team that's not your permanent opponent. So, yeah, if you guys want to go, you should. Um, you you sit in the Arkansas sections because, buddy, they didn't sell anything, <laughs> as it turns out. I, um, apparently, Keith Carter, I think it was on the pregame show, I can't remember where I heard him say this, uh, that Arkansas only requested of their allotment, like or only sold or requested like fifteen hundred of their allotment. Oh my God! That used to be seven thousand hard sellout from Arkansas every year. Yeah, and maybe the, more of them will travel and stuff. Maybe they buy on StubHub or whatever. But yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that is. Anyway, we'll talk about that game and uh, play you Kiffin's press conference, which is going on literally right now uh, on Wednesday's show, and get you ready for Arkansas. Huge, huge game in Oxford. In the morning on Saturday. As is tradition, I guess. Yep. We'll talk to you guys then. A 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.